Good. Let's do our Bible study this evening. We'll do it an abbreviated one. We're headed to the book of Revelation, the back book of the Bible, last one, Revelation chapter 20. And uh, if you'd follow along, if you're joining us this evening for the baptism, thank you so much for coming. And we know that many of you came because grandkids or nephews and nieces were getting baptized, and that's a delight to have you here. We hope that you come another time, visit with us. And uh, what we've been doing the last few weeks is we're going through a series on the future events, and we're getting towards the last part of that. We also have, uh, for our church folks, several have asked, are we going to do a Q&A time? When we get to the last message, which is in the next couple of weeks, then we'll spend a Sunday or so. I've already caught a card, a stack of cards about yay big, uh, filled with questions, and we'll just do a Q&A. A time during one of those services or two of them, whatever it takes to get through. But tonight we're in a topic on the book of life. The reason I wanted to mention it is in Revelation chapter 20, a text we read this morning, we talked from verse 11. I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was, no found, there was found no place for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God and the books were open and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these, out of those things which were written in the books according to their works, the sea gave up the dead which were in them. Death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. They were judged, every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. Now again it's mentioned a second time in this text, whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Go to the next chapter to the very end. The end of chapter 21. And there he's talking about heaven and uh, the future eternal heaven. There shall in no wise enter into it anything that defiles, neither whatsoever works abomination or makes a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so there's a time that it's mentioned, in fact, in the book of Revelation. I think it's seven out of seven times in the book of Revelation that we have this term, uh, the book of life or the Lamb's book of life. And there's a lot of questions that come up about this book, a lot of different discussion, a lot of different ideas. In fact, there are some people who, because of a, a, a phrase that's where this book of life is mentioned about having your name erased, Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, some can Include and say that they can lose their salvation. And it takes away what Michelle was just talking about, having that security, that confidence. And, and it's a verse that sometimes is twisted so that people don't have that confidence and aren't certain. There are some different passages about this book of life that cause some confusion. We're going to look at several different passages quickly. I'm going to put them on the screen for the sake of time. That, that this phrase is used from the, in the Old Testament and New Testament where it's mentioned. And I, I want you to just understand something. That when we go and talk about the book of life, we have to interpret those phrases associated with that book, like your names can be erased, or I'll, I'll blot your names out of the book of life. We have to understand that, that phrase in the, in the light of all the scriptures. We can't take just that one phrase and say, oh, that means God's going to take away my salvation. We have to understand the preponderance of scriptures. What is the bulk of scriptures? What is the clear teaching of scriptures? And then understand these phrases in light of that bulk of clear teaching. So in doing that, walking through, here's my conclusions of what I understand the book of life is mentioned, what is all about. Number one, I want you to understand this. This book is not the only record that God is keeping in heaven. 
There isn't just one book. There is mentioned this morning, we read it in this text this evening, that it's mentioned that men are judged according to what's written in the books, plural. Daniel 9, we looked at this morning, talks about those thousands standing before him, and the books, plural, were opened. And so we have that idea that there are multiple books being kept in heaven. In particular, the book of life that's mentioned in Revelation is going to be used on Judgment Day, or several other books as well. They're going to be used on Judgment Day. But then we also notice that men are going to be judged according to their works. Not only what's written in the book of life, but also the books that include, we talked about this morning, the deeds, the words. Jesus made it clear. You can listen to this morning's message online. That Jesus said that every idle word people are going to give an account of. All the deeds that they do, secret or open, whether good or bad, they're, they're being recorded and there's going to be a judgment. Why is he recording all this? What's the purpose? It's not to determine if you're good enough that the scales will go in your favor to get into heaven. The bottom line is you've got to have your name in the book of life or you're going to be cast into the lake of fire. But all these other judgments on these works that are being kept and recorded and brought up one day are to determine and to show the degree of judgment, to show the guilt is real, to show that idea that there is, there is nobody good enough to get into heaven. And so all these, these books that God is keeping include other books. In Psalm 139, a passage many of you know, that talks about, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. It talks about thine eyes did see my substance yet being incomplete. And in thy book all my members were written and they were fashioned in a continuation of the development of you while you were in the womb. Um, the idea in this passage is that God has a book, a design book on each one of us. Personality, uh, the, the abilities, the skills, physical makeup, uh, you know, all the, the appearance, the, the makeup of your personality, there it is. There's a book on that. That's one of the books that's in heaven. Malachi talks about another book. He talks about a book of remembrance was written before God for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his names. So apparently this is that idea of God keeping record of the Jews in particular who were faithful in the Old Testament, who were serving, and who were going to be rewarded one day in the future and recording the deeds, the services, and the attitudes. So there's multiple books. That's what we're getting at is that there's multiple books besides just the one book of life. Secondly, I wanted you to point to catch this. The book of life mentioned in Revelation is clearly a registry of saved people for all the ages. The individuals who have been justified by faith. The individuals who have, like Abraham, they've lived by faith. They were justified by that. And then they were, they were saved. They were regenerated. They were converted. All those different terms uh, that are from Old Testament all the way through our time period. This is including, the book of life includes all those individuals and only those individuals. That, that's not surprising. In ancient Near East time, that's one of the initials, the A-N-E, in ancient Near East communities, it was quite common that they would have a registry in local communities and local cities of who were citizens of the community. Something like we have today, a voting registry that's supposed to be exact, 
Okay? They, they did have a registry in the, in the ancient times. They had it in those areas. The Jews in particular, what we read about in their history, they were very meticulous in keeping these records. Who was a part of the synagogue? Who was a part of this book, this registry taken for it? The thing that we read about is this Lamb's Book of Life and Revelation. It is basically recording all the future citizens in the future heaven and earth and the new heaven and earth that we'll talk about next Sunday. And so it's a complete record of all those people. And so in other words, whosoever was not found written in this book of life is cast into eternal damnation. And we read this, there shall in no wise enter in anything, into heaven, anything, but only that defiles only those whose names are in this book of life. So the book of life in Revelation is a clear recording of all individuals in our time period who are born again, saved individuals, redeemed, whatever term you want to use, that's the book that has to be completed by, by the fact that your name needs to be in it if you want to get into heaven. And Daniel even talks about the people shall be delivered, everyone that is found written in this book. So then we go a little bit further, and, and in examining this idea of this book, it's interesting that in book of Revelation, it indicates that the names were put in there before creation. Sometimes people think, well, if you came forward and got saved at the end of the church service, or you went to the library and prayed, that's when the name is recorded. Um, not according to Revelation. According to Revelation 13, it says this, All they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. Oh, by the way, the worship him is, is Antichrist. This is a passage talking about those who during the tribulation will turn against Christ and follow Antichrist. That they that dwell upon the earth shall worship him Antichrist whose names are not written in the book of life uh, of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the earth in the original language. Okay? The original language is written in. There is a debate and it's legitimate. A debate does that idea from the foundation of the earth does it go with when the names were written? Or does it go with the phrase, Jesus was slain from the foundation of the earth? Both are grammatically correct. It isn't clear according to the original language. However, you go a little bit further. Revelation 17, verse 8. Followers of Antichrist, they that dwell upon the earth shall wonder whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world. So there's people whose names have never been put in this book. They are the people who will take the mark of 666. The God already knows them. And God has not put their names in this Lamb's book of life. And so those who follow Antichrist, their names have never been in this book. This book is of only those who have, in, in whatever era of history, they have asked Christ to, or God, if they didn't fully understand Jesus, his name at that moment, but they put their faith in God providing a redeemer, a kinsman redeemer for them. Now here's what the problem is. Some people, just by what I said, some people will all of a sudden jump into a whole different doctrine. They'll start adding some things. And they'll say, oh, well then, therefore, that means this. Okay, let's ask the question. How is it possible that before creation started, God God put a book out, and in this book in heaven, he had your name there. But he didn't have some other people's names there. How is it possible for God to do that? He, he's all-knowing. 
Now, this isn't a big deal for God. God knows everything that will happen through all time. God doesn't operate in time the way that we operate in time. This isn't a big thing for God. God knows what, what it's all about. God knew before he created that Adam and Eve would sin and that it, the sin would be passed on. God knew that it would take the death of Christ and the resurrection, the ascension of Christ, to provide salvation. It was an agreement that the Father and Son had in eternity past to go through with this. It's no surprise, therefore, that God knew how you would respond to the gospel or if you would reject the gospel. There is a possibility that somebody sitting here this evening, your name is not in the book of life because God knows from eternity past that you will stubbornly refuse to get born again. God knows all of here, those who are here, that we would respond at some time in our life. And so God wrote this. Now here's the part that bothers me, is that based on this, some people then conclude God is responsible for sin. He knew it would happen, so therefore God made Adam and Eve to sin. No. God doesn't tempt anyone, neither tempts he any individual, for God, does, God cannot tempt people to sin. Just because God knows doesn't mean God made it happen that way. God also knows all the potentials, the, the, the options. God knows your life, and if you made a different choice and where you went to school, where you took a job, God knows what would have happened in all those different avenues you would have taken. Let me see. I'll illustrate this way. If all of a sudden, um, I'll take one of my grandkids. If I said to them, hey, I want to give you $100, and if I give it to you, I'll take you to the store and you buy whatever you want. If I pulled out $100 and held it up to them, I guarantee you they're going to say, yes. They're going to want the $100 and they're going to do it. Did I force them? Did, Folk, did I make them take it? No. Uh, guaranteed. I wouldn't make them take it. Guaranteed. Okay. okay. Just because I know how they're going to react doesn't mean I made them do it. God knows, okay, how you would respond. He knows all the future. It doesn't mean God forces people to get saved. Foreknowledge is not force. It's just being aware of the future. So don't, don't build a whole doctrine of this idea that God did, kept some names in and some names out because God doesn't want certain people to get saved. How heinous of a doctrine and a teaching. The Bible says God is not willing that any should perish. God died for the sins of the world. Jesus Christ even died, it says in Peter, for those who would turn against him and reject him. This idea that God died for just a few people and we happen to be those special people and that we're really, really something outstanding because we, unlike others, we got picked. No, our God gave, he died for all. Wherever the cross is lifted up, John chapter 12, when the cross is lifted up, he draws how many men? All men. But God knew how you would respond. And thank God that he's aware of what, the, what is going on in this world, but he never forced people.
The book of life, therefore, in God, that idea of does a name get erased? Well, it says God promises never to erase. Here's the passage I was referring to. He that overcomes the same shall be clothed with white raiment. I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. And again, some people have run rampant with this verse. They said, oh, well, that means that God will, will blot out certain names. Really? Really? This isn't a threat. God wasn't telling the church of Sardis that, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blot you out. God was giving them assurances. He was giving them a promise. He didn't say, hey, I'm going to blot you out. Maybe he said, I will not blot out your name. This is a security verse. This isn't a threatening verse. This is the idea that God's very strongly, with a negative phrase, said, I will never do this to you. Just like he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. That isn't a threat that, oh, you better be good or I'm going to run away from you. It's an assurance verse that says, I will never do this to you. I will never blot out your name. Once your name's in this book, he says, I know you're going to respond to the gospel. I have your name in there. I'm not going to just pick and choose. Okay, you, I'll give you a choice. And once you're there, your name's going to be there permanently. There was a guy who was hired by the Egyptian king about the 3rd, 4th, 4th, 3rd century B.C. And the, the king wanted him to build that very famous lighthouse of Alexandria. But the king wanted to make sure that everybody would know the king was the one responsible for getting it built. So the, young, the man who was doing the building, Sostratos, okay? I'm not going to say the name again. I'm not going to try it, okay? When, they, when he was building it, he took one of the base stones and he carved his name in it. Then what he did is he put a plaster covering over that, which matched the rest of it, and on the plaster he painted in gold letters the king's name, and he put it there. Well, over a period of time, guess what happened? Yeah, the king's name wore off, and guess whose name is permanently showing after generations after generations? The builder. God is saying that's the way it is with you. He says, I'm not going to take your name out of this book even though you may have your ups and downs. And it was stated here this evening that it's going to be difficult. I mean, talk about throw a kid a question at the last moment. You know, do you think living the Christian life could be hard at times? Okay. It is, is it not? It is easy at times. But our names are written in the book. If we've accepted Christ as Savior, our names are there. We know that from this perspective. God knew it from His eternal perspective. And it's a secure thing. But aren't there other verses that talk about names being erased? We've already mentioned this, okay? That not in the book of life, but there is another book of the living that is brought up in other passages. It's not the book of life. But Psalms talks about the book of the living. Watch what he says in Psalm 69. Read the entire text. It's David writing about his enemies and how that, you know, God, please deliver me from the enemies. Give them what they deserve. And he makes this comment. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. This is a different book, therefore. This is a book that is different than the Lamb's book of life that records all the saved. This is a book that is recording all who are alive on earth. Otherwise, we've got a contradiction of Scripture. Otherwise, we've, it's not matching. Everything doesn't fit together. This appears to be a record of all who are living, including the saved and the unsaved. Names can be blotted out of it in a, in a form of judgment. Your name's gone, death. 
And so we clearly understand that that is probably what Moses was talking about. Do you remember when Moses is on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments, meeting with the Lord? What did the people under Aaron's leadership, what did they do down below? They created a idol, the, the molten calf, that they put the gold together. When Moses comes back down, Moses is absolutely upset and he casts down the, the tablets and he goes back on the mount. When he goes back on the mount, he has a conversation with God that goes this way. He returned unto the Lord and said, O this people have sinned a great sin and made them gods of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, he stops. If not, blot me, I pray thee, out of your book which you have written. And God makes this comment. Whoever has sinned against me, him will I blot out of this book. So if we put this all together... We know there's multiple books. The book of the, of the Lamb's Book of Life is of saved people. Their names are not, they're told they can't be erased. Then with these other books, there's the book of living. The people who are alive on planet Earth, there can be blotted out, out of that book, the names of the individuals. So number four, it is critical. We do our part to ensure that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. What is our part? Our part, Jesus has made it very clear. Even though God knew in eternity past, even though he knew that somebody would share the gospel with me in 1973, and they would share it with me on multiple times, God knew those occasions. Did God know how I would respond? Yes. But I still had to respond. Watch the commands here. This idea, he that what? Believes. I had to do my part. He that believes on him is not condemned. He that believes not is condemned already. That idea of human responsibility, though God knew, God said it's my choice. And so I had to make the choice. You've got to make the choice to make sure that your name is written in this book. And then he says in, in, in closing here, he says in Luke chapter 10, he says that the thing that we should be most excited about is knowing that our names are written in the book of life. If you, if you go to the story, Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, it's an interesting passage where Jesus makes a reference to this book one more time. In Luke chapter 10, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus has sent out his disciples. There are 70 of them. He sent them out to go preaching and teaching. And we read that Jesus has done preaching and teaching. At verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy. They're excited. They said, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. And it's been so great. We've seen so many wonderful things happen. The devils have fleen. We've healed people. They're thrilled. They're excited. And Jesus then makes the comment. He says, wait a minute. I've even saved uh, the devil cast down from heaven. But then notice what he makes a comment. Further on, he says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That promise that he makes in Mark chapter 16 later on again. Notwithstanding in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. If there's something that should thrill us, I, I get excited. This evening was a thrill. I don't know about you. I thought this was so neat to see these kids do this. You know, and some people will say, yeah, but do they fully understand? We hope they do. We do our very best. And what's more exciting is these kids, they miss out on stuff that some of us had to go through. These kids get saved from sin 
I mean, that's got to be so great. Some of us were saved out of sin. How much better to be saved from sin? These kids, it's a thrill. It's exciting. And yet, here's a fact. As exciting as some of these things are, he says, here's the one thing you want to really rejoice about. That you know that your name is written in the book. Not to be selfish, but the idea that, hey, we can get excited that, oh, we got to do this, or God answered this prayer, or this happened. Those are all exciting, but here's rejoicing. Rejoice that God, by His grace, has your name written in His book. That's a thrill. We talked about this morning. I, I, I am still excited about Colossians chapter 2. Just to know that my books of all of what I've ever done has been purged blotted out by the blood of Jesus Christ. That we've been cleansed by the blood of Christ. We are so undeserving. Wow, what grace. What a, what a wonderful Savior we, we worship. And he says that's what we should get excited about. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. And you and I, I can get excited. I can get excited that, you know, you know, we got the chance to be able to, you know, get some projects done around the building. It's exciting to be able to start holding services without, you know, some complications. It's exciting when we get to do our first fellowship together. I can't wait for that. When we do a meal together. It's just those things. Rejoice, even though those are good. Rejoice if your names are written in the book. A couple of thoughts strike me on this. God expects us to be grateful that our names are in this book. Think that through. Think it through. You and I don't deserve to have our names in that book. It's by grace that you heard the gospel. It's by grace that he blotted out your record. That ought to thrill us. That ought to excite us. And he says this, he expects us to rejoice over this fact more than anything. I was reading about a guy, that this true story, this Craig Randall, Peabody, Maine. He was, um, he was uh, a garbage man. And this was a few years back. Wendy's was doing a promotion. And at that time, some of you remember, Wendy's put stickers. Uh, several of the different places did. But Wendy's put stickers on the cups. And if you pull back the sticker, you might win a burger. You might win a Frosty. You might win something. And so as he's going through his ordeal of picking up trash, he sees that somebody threw out a Wendy's cup, but they hadn't removed the sticker. Well, the week before, he did that, and he pulled off and got a free sandwich and a soda. So he thought, well, somebody got rid of it, so he pulled out the cup and he pulled it off. What he saw underneath was astonishing. He just won $200,000. And so he used the $200,000 and bought himself a new home. Would you get excited about that? Yeah, we would all. All of us would say, this is so cool, I want to tell everybody about it. You know, not the person who threw out the trash, but everybody else. Okay, I want to let them know. He says, even though that's exciting, and it is, to be able to have a new house and all that stuff, that's exciting. The most exciting thing is to know that you're going to be in heaven one day because your name is in the Lamb's book of life. Do you know that? Do you know for sure? Are you 100% absolutely certain that your name is in the Lamb's book of life? You have to do your part. You have to respond to the gospel. You have to be, be one who would believe, one who, who would accept Christ as Savior, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he says you can know, you can know for sure, you can have that confidence, these things have been written unto you that you may know that you have eternal life. I ask you this as we close. Do you know? Are you sure? 
Or maybe you're here this evening and you're like some of us. We heard in testimony a moment ago. I went through this myself. My wife, she went through it as, as well, having uh, accepted Christ as a child and then following baptism. And then in her teen years, she began to wonder, did I really understand? Did I know? I got saved when I was 16, but there were things that didn't change right away, and I went through a couple of years of just up and down, up and down. Am I sure I'm going to heaven? These things have written that you may know, absolutely sure. Do you know that this evening? If not, we'll be glad to show you from the Scriptures how you can know for sure.